1: Beatles. Yesterday and today. 1975. Part 5. Party on board the QE2. In this episode, we will cover March 24th through April 18th. On Monday, March 24th, Paul and Linda McCartney hosted a party to celebrate the end of the recording sessions for the next Wings album titled Venus and Mars. The party was held at the main ballroom of the ocean liner The Queen Mary, which was permanently docked in Long Beach, California. Paul chose The Queen Mary due to the close proximity of the ship to the Los Angeles area as he wanted a gala who's who guest list. Guests include former monkeys Mickey Dolenz and Davy Jones, Joni Mitchell, Carol Kane, Marvin Gaye, Rudy Valley, Phil Everly, The Jackson Five, The Faces, and Led Zeppelin, Bob Dylan, Ryan and Tatum O'Neill, Dean Martin and Tony Curtis, Paul Williams, Cher, David Cassidy, Mal Evans, Derek Taylor, and George Harrison. John Lennon and Ringo Starr were also invited but did not attend. Paul dressed in a silk shirt and slippers, greeted all the guests as they arrived. Posters were set up in the lobby of the main ballroom, which read, Venus and Mars are all right tonight. The McCartneys also invited a variety of Crescent City greats to perform this evening. First up was New Orleans rhythm and blues native Lee Dorsey, whose biggest hits were Working in a Coal Mine and "Yah Ya. ya. The next set came from another Louisiana native named Ernie Cato. He was most famous for his 1961 hit, Mother-in-Law.
2: Right now we're going to try to get on into it. We're going to bring up the man of the hour right now. The one and only, I'm talking about Mr. Mother-in-Law himself, Ernie Cato. How about that? Let's get a nice round of applause. hear yeah, your allocators. Say it again. Oh, we gonna have some fun the other day. Seems like to me every time I sing this song, it makes somebody out there remember of what they did. <laughs> yes, it did. But I'm gonna sing it anyhow. But now she's gone. And you feel so bad. Cause she's the best the truth. Listen to me now. She left you. Now go on. And have a good cry. If y'all know it, come on, help me sing it. If y'all know it, come on, help me sing this. Say you didn't love
1: a newly formed eight piece funk band took the stage. They were called Chocolate Milk. chocolate milk set NBC TV's Rowan and Martin's Laughing host Gary Owen introduced the next act and now, and you have your
3: please. It is with great pleasure I present the next group also from New Orleans They are one of the hottest groups going they've been they've been together for 18 years for the last 8 years they've had the same name And they have put out spectacular recordings as a house band for any, La Belle. I'll tell you, if I were to name all the recordings these people were responsible for, we'd be here all night. And we may anyway, because we're enjoying ourselves. In a salute to Paul and Linda, let's welcome from New Orleans, the Meters. Hey, hey!
2: Don't your By yourself By the love Coo-coo wine. Yeah, yeah, Going down your throat Don't try to tell me Don't make you feel real fine So I say
4: But now, we'd let, let y'all know that we, we're from New Orleans. We're the meeters, and we're glad to be here in California, you know, out of sight. In fact, there's a whole lot of people from New Orleans came down with us. Right on for New Orleans, y'all. Oh, I know New Orleans can do better than that. What y'all doing? Don't pull that on me. <laughs> yeah. That to do some of the fellas in the group we have on our guitar guitarist, Mr. Leo Nocentelli. Yeah. Brother Leo. Gemini. Wanna <laughs> tell you a sign too, you know. On the congas, we got my younger brother, Cyril Neville on congas one time, yeah. And vocals. Back on the drum, we got our dynamite, dynamite drummer, Zigaboo, Joseph Monoliste on the drum one time, yeah. And we got brother Kung Fu, George Porter, on the base. George Porter. And I'm the grandfather of the group, they call me. My name is Art Neville. And we all the meters, and we gonna get down. You hear what I said?
5: For everybody. For everybody. For
4: everybody was on the case. Yeah, we like to send this next tune out to Paul and Linda McCartney. That was down for... Yeah, this is out of sight, isn't it? Yeah. It's a tune we do around Mardi Gras time. Called in fact, Mardi
2: Gras Mumbo. In
4: fact, we're gonna tell them about it, man. This is a tune that we recorded a whole bunch of years ago. And every year around the Mardi Gras time, they play played in New Orleans. And he goes, we're going to do it for you right now anyway. It sound like this.
1: Professor Longhair walked on stage and sat behind the piano for a series of songs. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. After the party, Paul and Linda retire back to their Malibu home. On Wednesday, March 26th, in America, the ABC TV show Wide World of Entertainment, with host David Frost, is aired. Tonight's event is the Los Angeles film premiere of the Who's rock opera Tommy, starring Anne Margaret, Oliver Reed, and Roger Daltrey.
3: We are proud to announce a truly outstanding rock opera film. Columbia Pictures and Robert Stigwood present Anne Margaret the Mother. Jack Nicholson, the doctor, Elton John, the pinball wizard, Eric Clapton, the preacher, Tina Turner, the acid queen, the music, the who, Tommy, the movie, your senses will never be the same, rated PG. Your senses will never be the same again. Hello, good evening and greetings, and it's a warm welcome. A warm welcome to our premiere party right here, and this is David Frost welcoming you to the happening that you're about to share for the next 90 minutes, and the festive evening begins. Army Archer is greeting the celebrities as they arrive, thronging into the foyer, for the premiere performance right here of Tommy. As you can see, it was a night with all the glamour and all the insanity traditionally associated with a Hollywood premiere. We'll be visiting in the next ninety minutes, both New York and London. But right now, glimpses of some of the people we'll be meeting later: and Margaret, Elton John, Paul and Linda McCartney, Dean Martin and Diana Ross back from Rome, Tatum Monique. Richard Chamberlain looking extremely happy, Tommy's mothers and Dick's mothers looking equally happy, Valerie Perrine, Carl Reiner grabbing at the lifeline, David Jensen. Tony Orlando, Sally Kellerman, Robert Hewitt, Wayland Flowers, The Lockers, Flash Cadillac and The Continental Kids, Tommy himself, Roger Dolph, Keith Moon, creator, Pete Townsend.
1: The show is taped from the premiere on March 19th and airs an interview by David Frost with Paul and Linda.
3: For the reunion with Paul and Linda McCartney did you enjoy the film
6: really very much
3: it was lovely David thank you it's it's amazingly good to see you here what in fact are you doing in this fair city uh, recording an LP I thought I told you that before Dave no no it was before our friends joined us oh, it? of course you see and our friends wanted to know that yes say nice. hello to our friends then howdy folks have you ever been tempted to do anything as wide ranging as this <laughs> I mean, in terms of a two-hour rock opera or something. I know you're doing an album and so on, but... Not yet, no, but I, I'm quite willing to be tempted, David. Tempting, David. David? I'll try and tempt you, absolutely. No, but I mean, is it more difficult or is it tempting to do something like this? I mean, as opposed to taking one song, the idea of doing a whole overall conception. The only thing is to kind of make it last for the full length of a film, you know? You, you find, I suppose, you find yourself stretching it a bit, you know? But um, I might do that. Yes. Did you feel that people in general around the country will appreciate this or that, I mean, you're very much in the modern music scene. Did you, do you think people who are not will, will understand this?
6: Uh, I think... Uh, hey, Moody! Hey, boy. Yes, I, I think, think they younger
3: would, David. people too will appreciate it more. Myself. But what about older people? I was in the shorts. Yes, I don't know what they're doing here. They're, they're a mystery to me. I don't yes, know. Sir. It's all right. They're with the club. They're all right, are they? They're all right. They're on the right side. What, but what's the most ambitious of all the songs you've written so far? What's the most ambitious? What's the one people have found most difficult to understand? I don't really know, Dave. You know, I've done one or two of them, and uh, I really couldn't tell you. <laughs> you? No, that this Dave. an old friend of mine. Go back years. Go back. Absolutely go back the years. Noms. Eons. eons but our audiences here in los angeles for instance more appreciative than british audience um i think they like the english thing you know like we like the americans because there's a glamour attached to the foreign thing you know they like kind of
6: british i think so yes. british
3: so that so that you're an exotic creature when it comes to england
6: this is true is what we find Yeah, <laughs> i'm getting some scales on my back there
3: <laughs> this is what we find Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll have a glorious drink and a glorious dance, and I'll see you in a minute. Thank you, David, and good
5: night.
3: (laughs) Stay with us as ABC brings you Anne-Margaret, Elton John, the Smothers Brothers, Tony Orlando, and many more from Hollywood, New York, and London on Super Party.
1: As the ABC TV show with David Frost airs, over in London, the rock opera Tommy has its UK premiere. Former Beatle Ringo Starr and his girlfriend Nancy Andrews are in attendance. Ringo comes equipped wearing a top hat adorned with a Tommy badge. After the show, Ringo attends the after-party at the Inn on the Park Hotel. Meanwhile, back in New York on March 28th... Lennon spoke with Francis Schoenberger of Germany's Bravo magazine.
6: In order to make more money for Bravo, I just had to, to... Look for stories. Yeah. You know, how can I make more stories? What can be published?
7: Was that when uh, you had the interview with John Lennon?
6: Yeah, okay. John Lennon and David Bowie. The woman, no
5: good, no how, and maybe the blood is bad.
1: During their conversation, Sean Berger touched upon the subject of John's breakup to Mae Pang. He said, She's handling it all right. It's hard to know because I'm hardly spending any time with her. Any time at all, actually. I don't know, but what can I do about it? She knew what the score was from the start. There was no question. Neither Yoko nor I left each other for another person. We just sort of blew up, blew apart, and then sort of filled in so as not to be alone at night. I don't want to put May down, she's a nice girl, but she knew what the score was. Over in the UK, news of John and Yoko's reconciliation hit the headlines. Extra,
5: extra, read all about it, extra.
1: One article boasted that Yoko was pregnant, expecting a child in October. John's first wife, Cynthia, read the news and was justfully concerned.
6: We heard that John had gone back to Yoko, who was pregnant. The baby was expected in October. I said little to Julian, other than how exciting it would be to have a brother or sister and that I hoped he'd still be able to go over as planned, but privately I was worried. Would this be the end of our newfound rapport with John? I was also sad for May, who I imagined must be hurt. Yoko had dismissed her 15 months with John as his lost weekend, and John made a statement saying that his separation from Yoko hadn't been a success. I prayed that this was the right move for him, and that he'd stay in touch with Julian. Initially he did. He phoned Julian as before, every few weeks, but the calls became less frequent. And all too often when Julian tried to phone John, he couldn't get through. Yoko or one of their employees would tell him that John was sleeping or busy. Discouraged, Julian would wait weeks before trying again.
1: Leaving Los Angeles on April 2nd, Paul, Linda and family arrive at London's Heathrow Airport. Reporters and photographers are quick to point out that McCartney, carrying a large radio, is wearing the same outfit as he did when he left London on January 10th. On April 4th, Ringo forms his own record label called Ringo Records. The name was suggested by John. The label's formation coincided with the winding down of the Beatles' Apple Records label. Ringo Records would be distributed in the U.S. and Canada by Capitol Records and in the U.K. by Polydor. The first artist signed to Ringo Records was David Henschel. David began his career as an assistant producer at Trident Studios in London. He also engineered on George Harrison's All Things Must Pass LP. David played synthesizer on some very high profile recordings, such as Elton John's Rocket Man, Funeral for a Friend, and Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Rockin man, rockin man, the, the first LP released on Ringo Records was David's Startling Music. The album was song-by-song instrumental covers of Ringo's 1973 album Ringo. It featured a band that consisted of Phil Collins, David Cole, Ronnie Carl, and John Gilbert. Ringo also added finger clicks on the track Step Lightly. The label was a picture of a chrome-plated rotary telephone dial, which was one of the eccentric designs marketed by Ringo and Robin Krushank's furniture company, Ringo Robin Limited. does a series of promotional interviews for various newspapers and magazines, such as Melody Maker. Echoing the Beatles' intentions for Apple, Ringo said that he founded the company so that artists don't have to beg. He also said, I'd like it to be like United Artists. My aim is to get all the independents together so we can all run our own business. As it is, we're all being run by people whose only qualification is as an accountant. Meanwhile on Tuesday April 8th in Studio B at the Record Plant East in New York. Lennon films two song performances for Bob Harris's Old Gray Whistle Test interview show. The director is Peter Cooper, who films John Miming to two pre-recorded live tracks of Slippin' and Slidin' and Stand By Me. Although John had no band assembled for these two performances, the Record Plant House Band, managed by Roy Chicala, filled in. The band was affectionately named BOMF, which stood for Band of Motherfuckers. Fuckers. BOMF consisted of Vinny Apiece. Angelo Acuri, Joe Basin, John Cobert, Joey Cooper, Bob Livingood, and Mark Rivera.
5: Stand by me. I say hello to all the folks in England. How you doing, folks? Well, here I am in New York, singing to you.
1: Later in the evening on April 8th at the NBC Studios located at 30 Rockefeller Plaza in New York, John Lennon records an interview for the NBC TV show Tomorrow with host Tom Snyder. Are we on or what? No. Yes, we are on, on, but we're on back there. Did you <laughs> want to turn around and wave to the you know, people? i just like to know where it's coming from. All right. The interview will air on Tuesday morning, April 29th, between the hours of 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. On April 12th, the Melody Maker newspaper in England publishes an interview with Ringo Starr. It is titled, Why I Don't Play the Drums Like Buddy Rich. The feature, written by Stephen Lake, is a promotional piece for Ringo's new record label, Ringo Records.
0: My own label has started out because I wanted it. And I'm a musician, not a businessman, and I owe, And you forget, you know, and suddenly I get involved in all this business, and what am I doing here? I'm afraid that in life, if you run a company, it has to end up as a company. You try and run it as a fantasy, but it ends up as a company.
1: So Melody Maker naturally asks... What will Ringo Records do that Apple couldn't? Ringo replies, What people don't realize is that Apple was never really much more than an extension of Parlophone. The conversation then shifts to Ringo as a drummer. Ringo says, Nothing is more satisfying than playing the kit. I prefer studios to being on the road, mostly because it's more relaxed. On his drumming style, Ringo says, Buddy Rich might be the fastest thing on two feet, but I've got no interest in trying to play like him. Not that I could, anyway. On his songwriting, Ringo states, I only know three chords, and when I'm writing, I use three guitars, one tune to each chord. Back in New York on April 14th, Lennon postponed work on his next album, electing to look after Yoko until their child was born. Prior to this, John had not only made arrangements to work at Record Plant, but also had already booked the musicians. John was quoted as saying on a French radio interview, on this album, I'm using three new guys that I've never used before. Most likely Billy Preston on keyboards because I've never used him, although he's worked with George and Ringo. He's the only one in the band I'll know. I like to know at least one person in my band or I'll feel a bit funny. the entire album was not on paper, John had a backlog of songs, but the project that was known as Between the Lines was shelved. On Friday, April 18th in the UK, BBC2 transmits Bill Harris's Old Grey Whistle Test with guest John Lennon. this was being aired in England, back in the U.S., John was about to take the stage again, this time for a tribute to Northern Songs owner Sir Lou Grade.
3: Salute to Sir Lou, the master showman. From the grand ballroom of the Hilton Hotel in New York City. The New York chapter of the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences presents A Salute to Sir Lou, the Master Showman A special star-spangled evening dedicated to Great Britain's TV impresario, Sir Lou Gray Starring Julie Andrews Tom Jones Peter Sellers John Lennon Dave Allen and Dougie Squire's second generation.
1: This was a black tie event taped to air on television. John's appearance may have been a debt owed to Sir Lou's Northern Songs ownership for co-writing Breach in 1972 with Yoko Ono. Lennon performed three numbers and was backed by a band called etc. The band etc. was the band BOMF, which consisted of Finney Apice on drums, Angelo Acuri, Joe Basin, John Colbert on keyboards, Joey Cooper, Joe Krupe on guitar, Patrick Jude, Bob Livingood on trumpet, and Mark Rivera on sax. The band wore matching black leather zipper jumpsuits with a face mask fixed to the back of each band member's head. Drummer Vinny Apice recalls how he and his band BOMF became etc. with face masks.
7: And the band uh, it was called BOMF Bomb, guitar player knew Jimmy Iveen. Jimmy Iovine of Interscope Records and Hurricane Idol. And Jimmy produced us. He, he liked the band. It was, a, it was a nine piece band with full horn players. And uh, so he produced us and then he brought us to record plant studios in New York. And the owner liked us. He signed us a management deal which gave us a rehearsal room up on the third floor. So we used to rehearse there every night, you know, and we didn't have to chip in for Paying the rehearsal plays, he just gave it to us. It was great. So, there we met a lot. I met a lot of people. I met John Lennon and Rick Derringer and worked with both of them there. So, we were up rehearsing one night and then Jimmy called on the phone and said, Hey guys, can you come downstairs and do some hand claps? <laughs> I was like, Okay. Back then there were no computers to do simulate hand claps or sounds or samples. So, we went down, they brought us in the, in the, in the room and we could see John through the window it's like oh shit you know john lennon so we did hand claps on the song whatever gets you through the night so if you hear that song that's me and my band doing it and then we left i don't know if elton john might have been there too i I think he might have been there so we went upstairs to the rehearsal place again and john probably asked jimmy who was that and jimmy told that's the band i'm producing they're up on the third floor couple of days later, John comes walking in, sits down on the steps, watches us play, start hanging out with him, you know, smoked a little pot with him, and uh, hung out. And then we started playing pool, there's a pool room. He-, he loved us. So then he asked us to uh, do a gig with him. So we did a gig at the New York Hilton that was taped for ABC White World Special called The Salute to Sir Lou Great, who was some entertainment bigwig in England. And we did uh, Imagine and inside, and, and so I got to play that with him. It was really cool. And then during that period, we wore uh, black jumpsuits, these really crazy jumpsuits, and John wore a red one. And then John wanted us to go on with a mask of our face on the back, so a we two-face, it was a political thing, because the audience was all black-tie politicians, Shirley MacLaine and famous people. Tom Jones was on the show too, which is funny. So we wound up... Uh, like going okay let's meet at the record plant at 11 o'clock we'll get fitted for drum suits so we'd go there and get in the cool van with John, and go get fitted for jumpsuits. and that took a couple of days and we had to go get the mask made he came with us and uh, we became pretty close with the band you know and so we did one show and we did three videos with him and then we did uh, he produced this the owner of the record plant's wife she was a singer so we went in the studio did eight song, eight songs with John as the producer so it's pretty cool playing, and then you stop and you hear his voice going, I don't know, mate, I think it, we need to do one more take, mate. You know, I can't do it, but <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's now 12 years later, 3,000 miles away from
4: Liverpool.
3: And it is my pleasure to introduce one of those gentlemen again. Please give <coughs> a nice
2: round of applause to Mr. John Glenn. Ladies and gentlemen. John Lennon and
1: Since attending the Wings party on the Queen Mary a few weeks ago, George Harrison remained in L.A. to record tracks for his new LP, tentatively titled, Oh Not Him Again. George was also involved in producing tracks for a band from San Bernardino called Chiva, for his Dark Horse label. up in a moment. George engages in conversation.
4: Do you think the time might come when you'll get tired or bored with writing songs and making
1: records? Uh, not really. Lennon lends a hand in Philadelphia. You want
3: to stop on by a little bit later on tonight? John will be uh, down in our parking area. And as long as we keep everything cool, well, John will stick around here and find autographs and whatever you want to do. So the entire thing is for charity. It is people helping people. And Wings wanders to other planets. Next on Yesterday on Today.
0: information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterday and at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search yesterday and today podcast on Facebook. See you next time. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterday and today podcast, or facebook.com slash third men. Or you could head to society6.com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six.com slash K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I Family Podcasts. Yeah. Keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. (laughs) Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. All right. We'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me.